Engebozekele de brina katolo de baba Nengle de borokotosketele de brina katolo de bamba Nengle de borokotosketele de brina katolo de bobro gadaskotolo de brina katolo de bombaro de bozekele de brina hataya Father, we bless and praise the name of Jesus and we thank you for this another opportunity to minister to your people again today. Thank you that revealed knowledge is granted everybody under the sound of my voice. Veils full of clarity comes. Your people built up, equipped, edified, Jesus glorified. I take authority tonight, everything that causes confusion in the minds of your people and I command clarity through the teaching of your word. Thank you, Father, that your word builds up, equips, and edifies your people. And at the end of this service, nobody lives here the same way they came. We give you praise and glory for answered prayer. In Jesus' precious name, and every believer says a powerful amen. Lift your right hands to heaven. Let's release our faith together as we say these words. I am born of God. I am born of the word. The word of God is my nature. I do not struggle to do the word. I do the word naturally. Therefore today, I will understand the word of his grace. I will be built up. By the end of this service, I will never be the same. Never ever be the same again. In Jesus name. And every believer says that amen like thunder. Praise God. We want to welcome everybody connected to the service tonight by way of Kingdom Life Network, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. All of our house centers in the state and all of our campuses around the world and all of our radio audience that are connected to the XLFM in Aquaibom State. We're so glad to have everybody connected. Hey guys, we're going to have a great time of studying the word of his grace. We'd like you to grab your pen, your notebook and your Bible and you can be seated with your sweet smart self as we get into the word of God. Praise God. Alright, we've been studying the misunderstood God for weeks now or even months. The misunderstood God. Knowing God in Christ is a part three of this series. Knowing God in Christ. Second Timothy chapter 3 verse number 15. Second Timothy chapter 3 verse number 15. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation. Through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Salvation in Christ Jesus. Faith in Christ is salvation. Faith in Christ Jesus is salvation. The next verse now says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. The word doctrine there is the word teaching or explanation. Which means that the Old Testament must be explained. Again, the Old Testament must be explained. Listen carefully. In John chapter 5 verse 39, John chapter 5 verse 39, Jesus talking to the Jews said to them, Search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And they are they which testify of me. They are they which testify of me. So, the Bible has just one message. Jesus. And we said that, that what makes it different is the fact that it is just one message. Everywhere you read through the entire scriptures, from Genesis to Revelation is one message. The Old Testament is Jesus concealed. The New Testament is Jesus revealed. So both the Old and the New Testament is the message of Jesus or the message of the Christ. He says, you search the scriptures, they testify of me. 
So Jesus is the standard or Jesus is the perfect, complete and consistent revelation of God in the scriptures. Jesus is the perfect, complete and consistent revelation of God in the scriptures. Look at Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. And upholding all things by the word of his power. When he had by himself purged our sins. Sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. He is the brightness of God's glory. Jesus is the express image of the father. Jesus is the express image of the Father. The Amplified calls Jesus the perfect imprint of God. Jesus is the comprehensive revelation of God. So, whatever Jesus did is what God does. If Jesus loved unconditionally, that is how the Father loves. In order for you to understand the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, you must read it through the lens of Jesus. You must read it through the lens of Jesus. Because Jesus is the foundation and center of our faith. He is the foundation and center of our faith. That's very important. Jesus is the only self-revelation of God. He is the only self-revelation of God. Look at Jeremiah chapter 9 verse 23. Jeremiah chapter 9 verse number 23. Thus saith the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches. Look at verse 24, instructive. But let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me. And I am the Lord which exercise loving kindness judgment and righteousness in the earth for in these things i delight saith the lord so we have a comprehensive revelation of god in christ that is our testimony is that now we have a complete revelation of god in christ jesus and that god is a father who is full of loving kindness that god is a father who is full of loving kindness a God who has exercised judgment over sin and Satan. A God who has exercised judgment over sin and Satan. And has made us his righteousness. He has made us his righteousness. A God who has given us total victory over sin and Satan. Please stay with me. So knowing God in, in this way is our boast. Our boast is that we know that our God is a God of loving kindness, is a God of mercy, and a God of judgment, and he has exercised that judgment over sin and Satan. That's very important. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 17. But he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. That is our glory our glorying is in the Lord. When we fully understand the scriptures, we do not err. And our experience of God's power is intact. When we understand the scriptures, we do not err. And in the understanding of the scriptures is the knowledge of God's power. Look at the book of Mark 12, 24. Mark chapter 12, 
verse number 24. And Jesus answering said unto them, Do you not therefore err, because you know not the scriptures, neither the power of God? You do err, because you know not the scriptures, nor the power of God. So the knowledge of the scriptures is equivalent to the knowledge of God's power. The knowledge of the scriptures is equivalent to the knowledge of God's power. Please pay attention. For you to come to a place of precise and accurate understanding of God in Christ, you must be exposed to sound teaching. For you to come to a place of precise and accurate understanding of God in Christ, you must be exposed to sound teaching of the scriptures. You must be exposed to sound teaching of the scriptures which births faith. Look at Titus chapter 1 verse number 3. Titus chapter 1 verse number 3. But hath in due times manifested his word through preaching, which is committed unto me according to the commandment of God our Savior. Now to understand the meaning of the word faith in this context, we will study the word sound. Sound and its contextual usage. The word sound was translated from the Greek word hugaino. H-U-G-A-I-N-O. Hugaino. Hugaino implies to be whole, to be safe, to be healthy. It is a word used for both the physical body and also doctrine. That is a teaching or an explanation. A teaching or an explanation. In the book of 3 John chapter 1 verse 2, Brother John writes in 3 John chapter 1 verse number 2, Beloved, I wish above all, that, above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. Even as thy soul prospereth. The word health here is the word hugaino. So let's examine Brother Paul's usage of the word hugaino. Hugaino in the Greek is spelled as H-U-G-A-I-N-O. Hugaino. That word is used for doctrine. When you hear sound, it's used for doctrine. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 10. 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse number 10. For homongers... For them that defile themselves with mankind, for men stealers, for liars, for perjured persons, and if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine, contrary to sound doctrine, the word hugaino. Please observe the word sound doctrine. If your Bible is mine, I will underline that word sound doctrine. Look at Brother Paul again in Second Timothy chapter four, verse three. Second Timothy chapter four, verse number three. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Underline the word again, sound doctrine. But after their own lost, shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. They will not endure sound doctrine. Observe that word again, sound doctrine. Look at Titus chapter 1 verse 9. Titus chapter 1 verse 9. Holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine. The word hugaino, 
by sound doctrine, but to exhort and to convince the gainsayers by sound doctrine. Please stay with me. By sound doctrine. Look at the book of Titus chapter 2 verse 1. Titus chapter 2 verse number 1. But speak now the things which become sound doctrine. Speak now the things which become sound doctrine. The word hugaino. Then look at another place brother Paul uses that word. First Timothy chapter 6 verse 3. First Timothy chapter 6 verse 3. If any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words, wholesome words, if your Bible is mine, I will underline the word wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according to, the, to godliness. Pay attention, look at it again. If any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words, underline wholesome words, and what are wholesome words? The words of our Lord Jesus Christ and to the doctrine which is according to godliness. The word wholesome was translated from the same Greek word hugaino. Paul used it here for doctrine. He explained what he meant by wholesome words as the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wholesome words are the words of our Lord Jesus Christ which is a doctrine or the doctrine which is according to godliness. The doctrine which is according to godliness. Look at Second Timothy chapter 1 verse 13. Many scriptures good for your health. Second Timothy chapter 1 verse 13. Hold fast the form of sound words. Which thou hast heard of me in faith and love. Which is in Christ Jesus. Pay attention to the form of sound words. The term sound words refer to sound teaching. So the use of the word hugaino by Paul was to qualify a doctrine that is healthy. A doctrine that is healthy. So the term sound faith will mean sound doctrine in Titus 1.13. Sound faith will mean sound doctrine in Titus 1.13. This witness is true. Wherefore, rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith. Rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith. That's very important. That they may be sound in the faith. Second Timo, I mean, Titus chapter 1 verse 13. So Paul used the word faith here for doctrine. Faith for doctrine or for the message. Which actually means teaching or explanation. Faith for doctrine. Which means teaching or explanation. Let's analyze the text contextually here. Titus chapter 1 verse 13. Pay attention. Titus chapter 1 verse 13. This witness is true. Wherefore rebuke them sharply. That they may be sound in the faith. Now observe the next verse, the post text in verse 14. Not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men that turn from the truth. And commandment of men that turn from the truth. So he begins to make reference to not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men. That when you do not give heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men, you are sound in the faith. You are sound in the faith. 
Let's observe the use of the word fables by brother Paul. The use of the word fables by brother Paul. First Timothy chapter 1 verse 3 to 4. First Timothy chapter 1 verse 3 to 4. As I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus, when I went into Macedonia, that thou mayest judge some that they teach no other doctrine. That they teach no other doctrine. Look at First Timothy chapter 4 verse 6 to 7. First Timothy chapter 4 verse 6 to 7. If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of sound doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. Look at the next verse now, verse 7. But refuse profane and old wives' fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. Exercise yourself rather unto godliness. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3 to 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3 to 4. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own laws shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Teachers having itching ears. Look at the next verse, verse 4. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Each time Brother Paul used the word fables, it was in relation to an instruction concerning doctrine. Every time you see Brother Paul use the word fables, it was an instruction in relation to doctrine. The word fables was portrayed as an opposite of sound doctrine. Fables was portrayed as an opposite of sound doctrine. So the use of the word fables by Brother Paul in the text under consideration will not be different. Paul was talking about them being sound in doctrine. Paul used the word faith for doctrine many times in his letter to Timothy and Titus. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 4 and 5. 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 4 and 5. Neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies which minister questions rather than godly edifying which is in the faith. Look at verse 5. Now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and of faith unfeigned. The word faith was used for doctrine in this particular context we just read. The pretext shows this clearly. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 3. 1 Timothy in the pretext chapter 1 verse 3. As I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus when I went into Macedonia. That thou mayest charge some that they teach no other doctrine. That they teach no other doctrine. Now look at that first Timothy chapter 1 verse 19 now. Chapter 1 verse 19 for post text. Holding faith and a good conscience. Which some having put away concerning faith have made shipwreck. Which some having put away concerning faith have made shipwreck. The word faith in this context was used for the message or doctrine. The post text shows this clearly. Look at that First Timothy chapter 1 verse 20. First Timothy chapter 1 verse 20. Of whom is Hymnios and Alexander, 
whom I have delivered unto Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. That they may learn not to blaspheme. If you paid attention to the things we taught within the, the weekend, on Sunday particularly, first service and second service, I took time to establish that the church has the responsibility of ensuring that there is order and discipline, especially for people who err, either by way of conduct or by way of wrong doctrine. By way of conduct or by way of wrong doctrine. That is teaching something that is wrong. And brother Paul now begins to mention names. Look at that First Timothy 1.20 again. First Timothy chapter 1 verse 20. Of whom is Hymnios and Alexander whom I have delivered unto Satan. That they may learn not to blaspheme. He mentions name. And what he's saying is he is withdrawing courtesies. Handing over to Satan is not Satan. Satan there actually means accusation. Handing them over to accusation or to resistance. Or allowing brethren to withdraw courtesies from them because they are not acting in accordance with the teaching of sound doctrine. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 2 to 5. 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 2 to 5. Glory to God. 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 2 to 5. Preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Look at the next verse. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lost shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Look at verse 4. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Give me verse 5. But watch thou in all things. Endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of your ministry. So he now says some people don't like order. Some people don't like manners. And some people don't like instructions. And every time you talk to them, they just... They just excuse the fact that, well, you know, we are in the age of grace. You can just live anyhow. No. Brother Paul says these people should be rebuked. People must be orderly. People must heed to instruction. And people must have manners that agrees or complies with sound doctrine. Look at Titus chapter 1 verse 13 again. Look at the way Brother Paul says to rebuke them. Titus 1 13. This witness is true. Wherefore, rebuke them sharply, sharply, that they may be sound in faith. Rebuke them sharply. That word sharply means bluntly. Rebuke them bluntly, no diplomacy. Be straightforward with rebuking people that they may be sound in doctrine. Look at Titus chapter 2 verse 15. Titus chapter 2 verse 15. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Titus chapter 2, verse number 15. Grab your own Bible. Let me check mine. Titus chapter 2, verse number 15. <clears throat> Glory to God. In Titus chapter 2, verse 15, he says, These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise you. Rebuke with all authority. When people err in Bible doctrine, 
Brother Paul said, rebuke them with all authority. If I look at Ephesians chapter 5 verse 11, the way Brother Paul says to treat people who err doctrinally and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Reprove them. The word reprove them there is the Greek word eleko. Eleko. It means to straighten someone. To straighten someone out. Look at First Timothy chapter 5 verse 1. First Timothy chapter 5 verse 1 in dealing with people that mess around with doctrine. He said, rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a father and the younger men as brethren. Rebuke not an elder. That word rebuke there is the word epipleso in the Greek. Epipleso. It means attack someone. That is like war. Don't get into war with an elder. Don't get into war with an elder. So how is it done? Primarily by teaching. You rebuke them by teaching. Alright? Bible teaching. Because remember 2 Timothy 3.16 All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. You see that? For correction. And for instruction in righteousness. So the rebuke will be by teaching. The rebuke will be by teaching. The rebuke will be by correction. The word of God just, you know, the word of God just has a way of fixing things for us. Very, very important. It has a way of fixing things for us. That when people mess around with doctrinal issues, we don't just keep quiet. We rebuke them. Very, very important. We rebuke them. And the reason for the rebuke is so that they can make adjustments. So that they can make corrections. And so that they can find themselves in their proper order. Now remember last Sunday we dealt with the first form of correction. Which we said if a brother be overtaken in a fault. Which is moral failure. We restore such a one. We restore such a one. Then we said if it's a doctrinal error. We rebuke him openly. We rebuke him openly. So that others may fear. Then we said but if it is rebellion. Rebellion is never dealt with privately. It is dealt with publicly. You, you rebuke the person publicly. There are even people you call out their names. Look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 14. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 14. If any man obey not our word by this epistle, note that man. Note that man. Note that man and have no company with him that he may be ashamed. Note that man. Have no company with him that he may be ashamed. That's very important. That is anybody messing around with doctrinal issues. He said the person should be rebuked openly that he may be ashamed. And like I said, Paul even called out names. He called the people out. He talked about these guys, you know, that, that they may learn not to blaspheme. The word blaspheme was translated from the Greek word blasphemio. Blasphemio, it implies to speak against, to or speak evil of. To speak against, blaspheme. To speak against, to defame, or speak evil of. It is done with words. Hymnios and Alexander were also discussed elsewhere in Paul's letters to Timothy. 
Look at where Paul discussed them. Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 17. Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 17. And their word will eat as though a canker of whom is Hymnios and Philetus. Next verse. Who concerning the truth have erred, saying, see their error, that is how they oppose sound doctrine, saying that the resurrection is past already. That the resurrection is past already and overthrow the faith of some. They have overthrown the faith of some. Look at where brother Paul mentioned their names again in, in correction. Second Timothy chapter 4 verse 14. Second Timothy chapter 4 verse 14. Alexander the copper smith did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works. The Lord reward him according to his works. Give me the next verse. Of whom be thou were also. For he had greatly withstood our words. They were discussed as ministers who opposed Paul's doctrine via their words. That is teachings. They taught that the resurrection was past already. Somebody say, but let us walk in love. No, when it comes to doctrinal issues, the only love there is open rebuke. That's the only, when people are messing around with doctrinal issues and teaching things that we didn't teach and claiming to say things we didn't say just because they want some form of popularity. We must be very blunt and we must rebuke them directly. Call them by their names, call them out and confront them and rebuke them. That is the way we walk in love where doctrine is concerned. Very important. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 9. 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse number 9. Holding the mystery of the faith in, in a pure conscience. Holding the mystery of the faith in a pure conscience. That's very important. Holding the mystery of the faith in a pure conscience. The word faith in this context was used for the doctrine, the message is seen in context. 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 8 to 10. 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 8 to 10. Likewise, must the dickens be grave, not double-tongued, not giving too much wine, not greedy or filthy liquor. Next verse. Holding the mystery of the faith in a pure conscience. Next verse. And let this also be proved. And then let them use the office of a deacon being found blameless. Brother Paul instructs Timothy that one of the qualifications of the deacon is the ability of that deacon to handle doctrine in a pure conscience. A deacon is known by his ability to handle doctrine in a pure conscience. That's what makes you a diaconos, a deacon. Let's see the post text. First Timothy, First Timothy chapter 4 verse 1. First Timothy, I mean the pretext, chapter 4, verse 1. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And doctrines of devils. Now look at the post text. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 6. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 6. If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, Thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith 
and of good doctrine. Hugaino, good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. The context here refers to teaching and doctrine. The copulative between words of faith and of, of good doctrine is also further explanation. Because the terms words of faith means words of good doctrine. Words of good doctrine. Look at First Timothy chapter 4 verse 11. First Timothy chapter 4 verse 11. These things command and teach. These things command and teach. Look at First Timothy chapter 6 verse 12. First Timothy chapter 6 verse 12. What are we to command and teach? Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. From verse 2 he begins to instruct on the things to teach and exhort. Then he spoke of those that teach otherwise. Look at verse 5. What brother Paul will now say. First Timothy chapter 6 verse 5. He says perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds. And destitute of the truth. They suppose that gain is godliness. From such withdraw yourself. Anybody whose doctrine is that your, your measure, the, 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 the scale of measuring your closeness to God is material stuff. How to know whether you and God are close is by the things. He said from such people, withdraw yourself because they are destitute of the truth. They are destitute of the truth. So he began to enumerate the things that such people you withdraw from who are not sound in doctrine are capable of. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 10. He's still explaining this quality of people you must withdraw from. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. They have erred from the faith. The love of money there is the lust for money. The lust for money is the root of all evil. And such can cause some men to err from the faith. Remember that the context here is doctrine. And we're examining the revelation of Christ or the teaching of Christ as the doctrine of the scriptures. So the good fight of faith in this context is to present the doctrine of Christ without any impurity. To present the doctrine of Christ without any impurity or compromise. Which can be caused by lust for money. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 21. 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 21. Which some professing have erred concerning the faith. They have erred concerning the faith. Faith here talks about message. The message. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 7. A lot of scriptures good for your health. 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 7. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. I have kept the faith. That is, I have preserved the true doctrine. Or, I have preserved the doctrine in purity. Observe the context. Second Timothy chapter 4 verse 2 to 4. 
Second Timothy chapter 4 verse 2 to 4. Preach the word. Be instant in season out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Three. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own loss shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Verse 4. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. They shall be turned unto fables. Alright, look at Titus chapter 2 verse 2. Titus chapter 2 verse 2. That the aged men be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith, in charity, in patience. The word faith there in Titus is, is the message. Sound in the message or doctrine. Because if you observe the pretext, Titus chapter 2 verse 1. Look at the way he puts it in the pretext. Titus chapter 2 verse 1. But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. Sound doctrine. Having established in the course of this teaching tonight that the word sound was used in relation to doctrine by Paul. Sound in faith therefore will mean sound in doctrine. Sound in faith will mean sound in doctrine. So as much as the apostles taught, they taught the doctrine of Christ. They persistently and insistently taught about the possibility of the emergence of false teaching and false teachers. And brother Paul took time and the rest of the apostles to warn men of false teaching and false teachers. Please, I need your ears. Because we are dealing with the doctrine of Christ, the message of Christ, which is the message of the scriptures. And any addition or subtraction to the message makes the message unhealthy and it can overthrow the faith of many. Look at Acts chapter 20 verse 29. Acts chapter 20 verse 29. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you. Not sparing the flock. Not sparing the flock. So Paul warned of men who will attack the flock. He called them grievous men. He further warns of his own men. Whom he says are chosen by the Holy Ghost. Look at Acts 20, 28. He warns of some people even within his camp. He said, take it therefore unto yourselves. And to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers. To feed the church of God, which he had purchased with his own blood. He warns the same men of the possibility of becoming false teachers. These same men, whom he said the Holy Ghost has made them overseers. Look at Acts 20, 30. Acts chapter 20, verse 30 to 31. Also, of your own selves, of your own selves, shall men arise, of your own selves. Speaking perverse things. To draw away disciples after them. Look at the next verse. Therefore watch. And remember. That by the space of three years. I cease not to warn every one of you. Night and day. With tears. So it's by attempting. To teach differently. To gain popularity. That people become false teachers. Because. 
there are some terms that are critical in this text. Please pay attention. There are terms that are critical. It says, they shall arise. They shall arise. Certain men shall arise. Look at that Acts 20.30. Let's look at it again. Pay attention. Acts 20.30. Therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years, I cease not to warn every one of you night and day with tears. What was he warning them about? Look at verse 28. Acts 20, 28. He says, Take it therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God which he has purchased with his own blood. Then look at now, 29. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flocks. Then look at 31. Acts 20, 31. Therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. So he said they shall arise. That's the first thing. It means to suddenly emerge. Suddenly emerge. That is how false teachers show up. They just out of the blues. From nowhere they emerge. Number two. He said they shall appear as. They shall appear as. Which means to set up a purpose. To set up a purpose. Meaning these false teachers are intentional. They are intentional. They are deliberate. Then number three he says they are perverse. Perverse. So arise, appear as, and perverse. Perverse means to misinterpret, to twist, or to turn over. So becoming a false teacher is not a product of ignorance. Rather, it's a product of ambition. A product of ambition. Ambition. That's how they become false teachers. Ambition. What ambition? Ambition to draw away men. To draw away men. Ambition to draw away men. It's a word used four times in the New Testament Greek. For taking from to another. It's a product of competition. And fight for space. So one major breeding ground of false teachers is ambition. One major breeding ground of false teachers is ambition. So a born again man who by God's spirit has a genuine call upon his life can turn to a false teacher. Can turn to a false teacher. This is the same church brother Paul had to send Timothy to later on. He had to send Timothy to this same church in Ephesus. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 3. 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 3. He says, as I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus, when I went into Macedonia, that thou mayest charge some that they teach no other doctrine. The church in Ephesus. So there were some folks in Acts chapter 20 who didn't heed Paul's warning. Who did not listen to brother Paul. They were too ambitious. They were too ambitious. They were too much in a hurry. Look at 1 Timothy 1.7. 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7 Desiring to be teachers of the law Desiring to be teachers of the law Understanding neither what they say Nor whereof they affirm Understanding neither what they say Or thereof affirm 
Look at that word desiring. Look at that word desiring. That's the issue. Ambition. Desiring. And they will hurt folks who follow them ignorantly. They will hurt folks who follow them ignorantly. Look at First Timothy chapter 1 verse 19. Brother Paul still speaking. First Timothy chapter 1 verse 19. Holding faith and a good conscience, which some having put away concerning faith, have made shipwreck. They were not holding on to the message. They put away the message. They became careless with the message. Or they became ambitious with the message. You see? Or they became negligent of the message. So they have made shipwreck of their faith. Because they are not holding faith and a good conscience. Look at verse 20 of First Timothy chapter 1. Verse 20 of First Timothy chapter 1. Of whom is Hymnios, that's the example of people that didn't hold faith, who were ambitious, and Alexander, whom I have delivered unto Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme, that they may learn not to blaspheme. They ignore good consciousness. They forsake warnings. They are in a hurry for fame. They want crowd. Eventually, they want influence and affluence. And these people are not unbelievers. They are believers. They are born again. Brother Paul asked Timothy to oppose them in Ephesus. He told Timothy, oppose those such brethren. Oppose them. You know, they are not, they are not calm. They are not humble and teachable. And they are not willing to sit down and be taught. They are not enduring. They will not endure sound doctrine. So he says, oppose such people. Paul asked Timothy, because these are the people that will usually split churches and split ministries. And just for one single reason, ambition. Ambition. Such people lack a quality called continue. They lack a quality that is called continue. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 14. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 14. But continue thou in the things. Such people don't want to continue. They just hear little, little things. They hear cliches, little, little teachings. A series of 30 hours. They listen to part 1 and 2 and they run away. Or they, not, they, they will not start the series with us. They will come in the middle and just pick out some things and go to try to be sounding different. They do not know how to continue. Look at it. It says continue. Give me that scripture again. Second Timothy 3.14 But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned. You've already learned it, but still continue. And has been assured of knowing of whom thou hast learned. Knowing of whom thou hast learned. That's the enemy of false teachers. Staying with the same things. False teachers cannot stay with the same things. They look for extra, you know, they want to sound out of this world. They want to sound very deep, very deep. You know, and brother Paul says, oppose them. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 4. Please pay attention. 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 3. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. They will endure it. They are in a hurry. But after their own loss shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Look at the next verse. 
and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. They are restless. They are not patient. They are not ready to stay and be taught. Sound doctrine that they will not endure means wholesome, thorough, comprehensive. Sound, wholesome, thorough, and it takes patience painstakingly to sit down and be trained in sound doctrine. Anyone who remains sound must ensure he doesn't veer off. He won't learn from his teacher forgiveness of sins as a gift from God. Then he now goes out and says there is no sin again. There is no sin again. But that's not what we taught. What we taught is that forgiveness of sins is a gift from God. But because he's ambitious, as in a hurry, is in a hurry, in a hurry, he now goes out to begin to shout, "No more sin, no more sin in the world." But that's not what we taught. So originally and automatically becoming a false teacher, he won't learn from his teacher. Christ took the punishment of sins for everyone. Then he goes out to be announcing everyone is saved. Everyone is saved. But that's not what we said. What we said is that Jesus took the punishment of sin for everyone. He now took it without waiting to understand the implication of that sentence. He now goes out very excitedly announcing everyone is saved. Such a person has applied to become a false teacher. He will not conclude that sin is dead. Nobody said that. We never taught that. Those are itching ears or no more Satan in the world. Nobody said that. That's not sound teaching. That's not Bible. You know, so upon learning the, impute, the imputing of sins on Jesus and how Jesus defeated Satan. Then he now goes out to say no more Satan. He's not listening. He's not listening. In Bible teaching, you must pay attention. And don't be in a hurry to arrive at conclusion before the teacher concludes the subject. He won't also say because we no longer ask God daily to forgive us our sins. He now ignores that believers sin and should admit to fellow brethren. Bible says confess your fault one to another that you may be healed. See that? So he will not wait. The moment we say there's no more confession of sins, he concludes that is it. But he will not wait for us to also teach him that as much as we do not confess sins to God because of what Jesus has done, yet we confess sins to one another. We confess our wrongdoings to one another that we may be healed. But he has itching ears so he will not listen. He just takes what sounds nice and he runs off. He won't teach against he won't teach against supplication in prayer because now he has learned that all things are yours in Christ. He has learned that you can claim and give thanks. Then he now says no more prayer, no more supplication. But that's not what we taught. He's just itching ears. He's just an ambitious person who is not willing to calm down and be taught to calm down and learn. He will even deny the place of fasting. No more fasting. But that's not what we taught. 
He will deny the place of sanctified living. That is, you can live anyhow. If somebody asked me in one of the house centers where I went to visit. You know, his sister said, so now that we are born again, we have received the grace of God, does it mean we can just sin anyhow? So I now ask her, why do you want to sin? Why do you want to sin? She said, no, you know, because Jesus has done it all. I said, so is that why you want to sin? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? What was Brother Paul's answer? God forbid. What was the explanation? Know ye not that as many of you as were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death, sin shall not have dominion over you. You are not a servant of sin. You are a servant of righteousness. You are a servant of righteousness. You serve the righteous purposes of God. But when they do not listen, they take something and begin to run off out of ambition. He won't call, you know, he won't call our teaching of submission. Or he even calls, they even call our teaching. When we teach submission, loyalty in the church, they say it's control. We are trying to control people. Just control. But loyalty and submission is sound apostolic teaching. Sound. And this loyalty and submission is in the local church. In the local church. You know, they deny the importance of apostolic teachings. And they deny the importance of the local church. You say, you don't need any local church. Jesus is your pastor. Those people are people with itching ears. You know, he hears us say, well, the Old Testament is the partial revelation of God which Jesus came to give a comprehensive picture of. Then he concludes, the Old Testament is useless. We don't need the Old Testament anymore. Yeah, the Old Testament is useless. Who said that? Nobody said that. We, I never said that. The Old Testament can be useless. It is the canon of scripture. That is, the Old Testament is the canon from where the New Testament is drawn. So how can it be useless? That's why we took time to teach on understanding the old and new covenant for 35 hours. He won't listen to that one. He will only pick the cliche, we don't need Old Testament again. Who said that? Nobody said that. I never said that. Never, never. I teach from the Old Testament via the glasses of the New Testament, which is Jesus, the revelation of the scriptures. Please stay with me because it's very important. He will hear us teach on generosity and giving and that in the New Testament there's no more tithing. Then he goes out to say no more giving. We no more give. No more giving in the church. No, we don't give again. It's Old Testament. No, nobody said that. We said that in the New Testament... We do not give percentages. We give generously. We give freely. We give in appreciation. And we give by the maturity of our understanding of God. It reflects in our generosity. The New Testament is replete with giving, giving, giving. Churches gave out of their deep poverty. Churches gave and gave and gave once and again to brother Paul. They gave to Jesus. They gave to the ministry of Jesus time after time. And he collected. He collected. People brought to Jesus. He collected. Rich people brought. He collected. Poor people brought. He collected. Jesus, who is the foundation of the New Testament church. But when they do not listen to us, they just catch one thing that is 
exciting their little brains and they run with it and conclude no more giving in the Old Testament. All in all, he won't, he will be denying obvious, I'm talking about the false teacher, he will be denying obvious scriptural emphasis just to make a point. He will be denying obvious scriptural emphasis just to make a point. You know, anytime someone does that, he is applying to be enrolled in the association of false teachers. He is applying to be enrolled in the association of false teachers. A threat of false teachers is denial of the obvious facts recognized in scripture. A denial of the obvious facts recognized in scripture. You know, you hear people say things like, we won't die. We won't die. We won't die. We have mortality. We will drop this mortality and we are immortality. We have eternal life, but this body is not eternal. But when they do not listen to teaching, they just carry things and be running around. You hear people say, we can't sin. We can't sin. We can't lack. And then when a believer is sick in his body, they say it's because he has sinned. Otherwise, if he has not sinned, why should a believer be sick? You are wearing mortality. You are wearing mortality. That is why it will be dropped so that immortality can swallow mortality. You know, you hear the people say things like, please stay with me. You hear them say things like that. You know, phrases that are man-made. These are symptoms of false teachers. These are symptoms of false teachers. In 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 19. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 19. Nevertheless, the foundation of God's standard show, having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his, and let everyone that nameth the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. He was referring to doctrine. They were preaching denial here. Threats of false teachers. False teachers go around saying, no more sin. They go around saying, no destruction of the unbeliever. God cannot destroy the unbeliever who rejects the gospel. They go around saying, no more Satan in the world. I don't know where they got that from. They go around saying, no need for church gatherings. No need to gather as a church. You are the church. Jesus is your pastor. Where is that madness coming from? They are not paying attention to obvious apostolic doctrine and instructions. He had things like, no need to submit to church leadership. They go around with all those kind of things. In 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 18, he had brother Paul's warning to, to Bishop Timothy. Who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already, and overthrow the faith of some. They overthrow the faith of some. What they are saying is that there is no more resurrection. What we call rapture. They go around saying no more rapture. <laughs> no more rapture. And it's very obvious in the New Testament. The Lord himself shall descend with the sound of the trumpet. The dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be changed in a moment. In the twinkling of an eye. Mortality shall put on immortality. Yeah, corruption shall put on incorruption. I mean, it's so obvious in the New Testament. But because they are not patient to be taught, 
They are ambitious. They are in a hurry to teach something so that they will sound unique. They will sound different. They arrive at such unscriptural positions. 1 Corinthians 15, 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 12. Now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? How say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? These folks started listening to and following Paul till they made further research. They were following Paul and learning. Then they made further research. A desire not to be found quoting anyone or preaching. You know, they don't want to preach like anybody. They just want to be different. That's what brings all this madness. You know, we have seen that the catchment area for false teachers is the arena of adventurous believers. When believers are always looking for adventure, they become victim in the hands of false teachers. Suddenly, they suddenly begin to say their own gospel is black lives matter. Black lives matter. Black lives matter. And that is the gospel they are preaching. Black lives matter. Let us trace the origin of black people. That's not the gospel. Nobody says you shouldn't know your heritage as a human being. But that is not the gospel of Christ. Nobody says anybody should maltreat a black man. But that is not the message of the scriptures. The message of the scriptures is Christ for all nations. Christ for all nations. Look at Acts 20, 29. Brother Paul. Acts 20, 29. Acts 20, 29. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you. They shall come into our, ma our camp, not sparing the flock. Not sparing the flock. Not sparing the flock. Drawing away disciples after them and not after Christ. Believers who want to hear something extra fresh becomes victims of such false teachers. They will not endure sound doctrine. So no, all of a sudden they are no more satisfied to be called new creature. They want to be called God breed. God breed. Some kind of strange names. They want to hear things that are sensational. And brother John brings out same pungent observation of the emergence of false teachers. In 2 John chapter 1 verse 9. 2 John chapter 1 verse 9. Pay attention. Whosoever transgressed and abided not in the doctrine of Christ. The word abided is critical. And abided not in the doctrine of Christ. The teaching of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he had both the Father and the Son. He had both the Father and the Son. Please pay attention. The term transgress in the Greek is the word proago. Proago. It means to advance. It means to move further. False teachers always want to add to what they have had. When we teach them something, they must add something so that they will sound different from us. Or they will remove something. And in removing something, they have tampered and mutilated the message. But all is ambition and a way of trying to sound different. 
They ignore the fundamental. They don't like being simple. John says, don't bid them good journey. Second John 1.10 Don't bid them good journey. Second John 1.10 If there come any unto you, and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him God's speed. Look at verse 11. For he that biddeth him God's speed is partaker of his evil deeds. Don't welcome them. Don't associate with such brethren. They are brethren. They are not unbelievers. But they have itching ears. They are so impatient. They cannot endure a teaching series. They only peep in and peep out. They appear once in a while and jump out. And then they take something off context. Very dangerous. Very dangerous. They often go deeper and deeper till they are drowned. They go deeper and deeper till they, they are drowned in their confusion. The word proago is to make more research. They like to make more research. They go into extra biblical sources, books, academics, just to wow men. They begin to look for extra biblical material. Eventually, they upstage the place of Christ. Eventually, they upstage. Suddenly, you will not hear Christ again. It's all their, all their cacophony of noise. All their useless discoveries. Plain nonsense. Idle fancies. Oratory. Useless philosophy. And not after Christ. As soon as Christ is not the focus of your teaching. As soon as Christ is not the focus of your Bible interpretation. You are on your way to false teaching. As soon as Christ is not the focus of your Bible teaching. Christ is not the focus of your Bible interpretation. You have registered in the association of false teachers. When your opinions weigh above truth. When your opinions are more important, your dreams, your visions are more important than the word of God. You have joined the club of false teachers. And the opposite of proago is to continue. Abide. Stay in the doctrine of Christ. The original word money. Abide. These people proago. But they are supposed to money to abide. Look at 2 John 1.11 as a roundup. Somebody getting blessed. Glory to God. 2 John 1, 11. For he that biddeth him God's speed is partaker of his evil deeds. Then brother John forewarned. 1 John chapter 2 verse 19. 1 John chapter 2 verse 19. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. This refers to folks known for the gospel earlier on. The issue is they pro-ago. They pro-ago. As a general rule, you must know that the only men that are commissioned by God to give us the truth of Christ have done so centuries ago. The only men that are commissioned by God to give us the truth of Christ have done so centuries ago. 
about 2,000 years ago. Look at 1 Corinthians 3.10. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 10. According to the grace of God which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builded thereon. But let every man take heed how he builded thereupon. Next verse. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid which is Jesus Christ. The only foundation is Jesus Christ. Past tense. Laid. Other foundation can no man, no man lay than that is laid. Ours is to build on what they have written and to follow. Look at Ephesians 2.20. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 20. Brother Paul writes, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Our revelation today is not to discover new things, but understand what the apostles wrote in the epistles. Understand what the apostles wrote in the epistles. Look at Ephesians chapter 3 verse 4. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 4. Whereby when you read, brother Paul is writing now, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. When you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Next verse. Which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. The moment you start equating yourself with the apostles of the Lamb, the twelve of them, you are in serious danger. Everybody should be careful with you. It is noteworthy that even as at those periods, you know, the apostles said even they themselves were not permitted to add anything. That's why Paul said, though we, Paul said in Galatians 1, 8 and 9, Though we or an angel from heaven preach any other thing to you than that which you have heard, let him be a cause. They, the foundational apostles of the New Testament, couldn't even alter what they had said. No liberty to say anything new. How much more today? So watch out for anyone who despises Paul so as to make a point. He derides James foolishly as someone to do so they can preach a non-biblical grace message. He mocks Peter by saying Peter didn't get all the truth. Watch such people. Soundness is to teach all of God's counsel. And all of God's counsel is the revelation of Jesus Christ. Glory to God. The revelation of Jesus Christ. I close with Romans 16.25. Ay, 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 ay. Romans 16.25. Now, to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel, apostolic, which is the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began. Look at Colossians 1.26. Glory to God. Colossians, brother Paul still speaking. 
Even the mystery which had been hid from ages and from generations. But now is made manifest to his saints. Next verse. To whom God will make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. Which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Next verse. Next verse. Whom we preach, one in every man, and teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Our message is the whole counsel of God revealed in the person of Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Stand on your feet. That's all I've got for you tonight. Tomorrow, 5 p.m. GMT plus 1, we continue. I'm going to get into that. Why do why do bad things happen to good people? Why does God allow bad? I'm going to get there. I'm laying some foundation on the doctrine of Christ because it's critical so that we can put things in perspective. Are you blessed tonight? Glory to God. Lift your right hands to heaven. Father, thank you for your word. I ask that clarity upon clarity by the teaching of the word. Clarity upon clarity. The eyes of everyone's understanding be flooded with light. Veils fall off. Veils fall off in the name of Jesus. Clarity comes. Your people equipped, built up, edified. We take authority over sickness and disease. Out in the name of Jesus. Body be healed in the name of Jesus. Thank you Father for answered prayer. In Jesus precious name. And every believer says a powerful amen. Praise God. Now listen very quickly. Before we sign up the radio people, those of you on radio, if you want to be a part of the service tomorrow, you need to get on Facebook. Get on my Facebook page. Abel Damina. No pastor, doctor, or reverend. Just Abel Damina public figure. It will be broadcasted there tomorrow live at 5 p.m. GMT plus one. Also, those of you on radio, the announcers will tell you how to call our office for phone numbers. I mean for counseling prayer or questions how to call our office the announcer will tell you how to get that through and if you want to send an offering today the announcers will also give you a number you can call for banking details thank you for giving and honoring christ everybody grab your offerings grab your offerings your kingdom investments we want to give in honor of this word so that the soundness of god's word will flood the earth as the water covers the sea in the house centers and campuses and everybody else will want to give right now. Grab your offerings. The banking details are scrolling on the screen. You know, and if you want to give and the banking details on the screen do not apply to your location. If you shoot me a mail tonight, we will give you banking details to honor the word of God. Listen carefully. When you give to this ministry, you enable us to do more for the kingdom. You enable us to be able to flood the earth through television, radio, you know, social media and all the various platforms, satellite broadcasting, we're able to flood the earth with the fragrance of God's grace. And remember, this message is growing every day. I'm telling you, because there are people that are tirelessly giving to this ministry. And I want to thank all our partners. I want to thank all the people who have laid it to their heart to ensure that consistently they keep giving sacrificially to this ministry. Your money is really reaching out to people and when Jesus sees you, he will tell you, well done and thank you. Because through your money, tabernacles are being built, souls are brought, lives are changed, and the word of his grace is growing every day. I'm excited, friends. Grab your offerings and lift it up. I'd like to pray for everybody in the building, in the house centers, campuses, online, everybody. We want to pray for you. And then I'll make an announcement before we close. Father, 
Thank you for everyone giving in faith tonight. We're giving honor of the ministry. We're giving honor of what Christ has done. We're giving honor of the finished work of Christ. And I thank you for everyone hearing the sound of my voice. That the word of God keeps growing big in our heart. As generously we keep giving to the work of the ministry. We give in faith. We give with joy tonight. Our offerings are a sweet smell before you. And we thank you for the privilege to make a difference in the gospel. In Jesus precious name. And every believer says amen. Glory to God. Thank you for giving. Thank you for honoring Christ. And thank you for being responsible towards our collective vision. To reintroduce Jesus to this generation. Equipping believers to know who they are in Christ. What they have in Christ. And what Christ can do through them. We love you guys. Listen carefully. All the house centers in Akwaibom. I want to quickly mention. I know that in our state people have been allowed to move and all of that. Churches have even started meeting. Power citizens place is important. Maintain social distance. Wear your mask. Keep yourself. Place is important. Wash your hands. Observe all the rules. Don't be careless. I speak to you as your pastor. Don't be careless. Don't take anything for granted. I need all of you with me on earth here. We have a lot to do for the kingdom. A word is enough for the wise. We love you guys. Tomorrow is 5 p.m. GMT plus one. We're looking forward to having a blast with you as we continue to explore the word of God. I'd like you to invite more people. Share these videos on your pages. Let's get the word out there. And until we connect with you again tomorrow, enjoy the rest of your day and be blessed. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Amen. Are you blessed tonight? Praise God.